In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit. The only wrestling podcast on the planet running a contest to win not just one, but two shirts. One of them from our merch shop. Link is in the show notes, but it's shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU. And one of them from prowrestlingtees.com. So we'll go over that a little bit more later. Uh, but first, I am Detective Mark Smart. And I'm joined by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? I was hoping that I'd be able to say the only one that's ho- one of its hosts is wearing a not a cop shirt right now, but shipping and handling, unfortunately, is in the way of that. Yeah. I did get my not a cop shirt ordered, though, and it's going to look stellar. Ah, I'm excited. I'm excited, excited, excited. Did we so- land on a, on a title, on a title, uh, title shirt? Um, I'm still working well, on it. Seventy-five prototypes. So yeah, I, I think I'm I'm down to basically the final. I'm just still working on on a font issue. Let's just say that. But I'm excited about that one. So, um, but yeah, right now we've got I think three designs up. The title design will put us at four, and and we're just gonna keep kind of going from there. Um, but <laughs> also joining us, of course, we've got our own uh, brother up north, our RCMP. JLB. That's right. That's right. It is me. It is me. It is Justin JLB. How goes it, guys? Still isolating? Still washing hands? All that fun stuff? I gave yeah. up on it. I well, gave up. <laughs> well, here's the, here's the deal: is um, in the state where uh, DFA and I live, effective they, tomorrow. They yeah, they never shut us all the way down, but effective tomorrow. Um, a lot of the restrictions are being lifted for many of the counties in this state. So I can go get a haircut. Yeah. Who so thought? that'd be the thing I most miss is a haircut. The 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 um the the tough part about that is it's it's not like our cases have fallen in right. the area. Um in fact, they've been going up at record rates. Uh, I think it's just that uh, so many people are so worried about the economy. If we keep staying shut down, the economy is never going to stop. And all I have to say is if the economy can't survive uh, doing what it needs to to take care of its people, then the economy was already broken. Oh, for sure. And so... Um, not not wanting to get too extremely political on this, but if if this is what breaks the economy, then the economy already had a broken back. This was just that straw that landed on it that finally made it fall apart. So I, however, think the economy is strong enough to take it um, because I think that thousands of dead people are also really bad for the economy. And, you know, I think the choice we have is doing what we need to to save a bunch of lives and the economy gets hurt or not doing what we need to do to save a bunch of lives and the economy still gets hurt. So, 
And to be fair with the economy, you can technically, you could rebound from a broken economy. You've done it in 2008. You know what I mean? Lives you can't necessarily rebound from. They're dead. You know? Yeah. So, anyway. Well, I mean, further point on that, though. Hey, I'm in Quebec. Huh? We're opening schools May 19th. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're probably not that far behind. I mean, there's a shopping mall uh, not too far from where I live that's gonna start opening up on monday um but shopping malls still not allowed though we won't allow shopping malls but we'll allow our kids to go to school hey guys yes Mm -hmm. i think this conversation goes in courtroom b this is the wrestling court oh yeah forgot all right i guess hey what's going on wrestling stuff wrestling so uh, before we go too far into it, I would like to remind everyone that Raw and Order WBU is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. So once you're done listening to this and, of course, clicking that share button and sending out a tweet, um, hashtagging us so you're entered into the contest, um, and then subscribing if you're not already, uh, head on over to tatnusco.com. Check out the other shows in the network, Tatnus Podcast Uncensored, Chicken Hen with SNM. Uh, in the dice box slam basement bullshit and carpool shenanigans all of them are definitely worth checking out and tons of fun and then come back here for our raw review our fbi our nxt our aew our smackdown review and all of our podcasting um, all of them all of them yes all of them um so we'll go ahead and get into it uh, i think i'll start off this week with the first crime um and i'm starting off on a very positive note if you've listened you to my aew review you know how i thought it was an absolutely stellar show. absolutely they needed think, it after their open ring match but uh We're and that's yeah and and they they successfully did it. i think i gave it nine out of ten um and I said about the only thing stopping it from being a 10 out of 10 for a weekly show was the fact that everything would have just played off so much better if it hadn't been an empty arena. But this was the hand they were dealt, you know, um, but every match in it uh, felt good, felt like it it did what it needed to do. Um, there, there was no like real match that I thought was like a throwaway match. You know, it was uh, like they had the semifinal matches. They had the um, the requisite squash matches for Brody Lee, you know, to, to help build him up again. Um, you know, I mean, Darby Allen versus uh, Cody for one of the uh, semifinal matches. That's always going to be a good match one way or another it it ended with a little bit of a um confusing ending where cody hit tried to hit the coffin drop on darby um darby got the knees up went up and hit the coffin drop on cody but cody rolled it through into a pin and i could see what they were trying to do with it but what i think would have been a better way to do it would have been cody to roll out from under the coffin drop and then right. pin, you know what i mean but but that's nitpicking to be but I, honestly it was pretty cool though how they did do it because even i was confused i'm like wait what happened yeah. and then so they showed the replay and i'm like oh so i, I kind of like that it was, it was different that's why i say hey, that's just nitpicking in my book that's just kind of saying hey you know i would have done it a little bit differently but but i wouldn't have changed the ending because 
it it was obvious to me and probably to most people when they set up this TNT title tournament that the the end result was going to be Lance Archer versus. That's what they were setting up with this whole thing. That's why they even had before they announced the tournament, they had Lance Archer challenge Cody and Cody responded with, "No, you don't get your shot at me. You need to beat some other people first, right?" You haven't proven yourself here. And so then they put him in the tournament so that he can beat a bunch of other people and earn his shot. Um, and of course, having him facing uh, Dustin in the other semifinal match uh, plays into it even more because then he bloodies Dustin, he um, destroys Dustin and gives Cody a, a bigger reason to want revenge, right? Right. Um, they had some great vignettes. They had a backstage uh, vignette about Scorpio Sky, kind of building him up as maybe one of the next uh, people to make a run at the singles uh, titles. Because, you know, I mean, let's be honest, uh, Christopher Daniels is probably never going to be a world heavyweight contender in AEW. He's, and I'm not trying to say it's because he's his style, his age, all of that stuff works into. He's great as a, as a tag wrestler. He's great as a mid Carter, uh, but I just don't think he's main event uh, material. He wasn't main event material when he was main event material. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess you you can say that. Um, Oh, I hated him as the Falling Alley Angel. I apologize. Maybe I shouldn't get punched. But, but uh, anyways, but so and you had a, another brilliant MJF. He had one last week that was phenomenal. But then this week he he did his because uh, last week he announced that he uh, might even have to have surgery from his gruesome hangnail injury. Um, but then on this one, he talked about how he impressed the doctors so much uh, <laughs> with how quickly he's recovered from this he's recovered faster than even an olympic level athlete would you know all of this stuff and he was so ready to fly all the way across the country and risk his life just to perform in an empty arena for you plebes out there when he woke up and and he was shaving to get ready and he suffered a horrific neck injury when he nicked himself shaving Hey, when that happens. Oh, oh, so now he can't travel because he even had a neck brace on. It was hilarious. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, but then they had Wardlow go out and beat up on a jobber. Um, and I say jobber, I mean, they named him. He was, I think he was one of the people who wrestled on AW Dark the night before. Um, you had Best Friends versus Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc in a no disqualification, no count out match. Um, and and that was just tons of fun because I you got Havoc uh, being able to kind of be the vicious Jimmy Havoc that needed to be uh, Kip Sabian being kind of the a-hole uh, guy played into it. Of course, on the outside, you had Penelope Ford um, trying to get involved. You had Orange Cassidy getting involved. It was a great match, all in all. Sean Spears beats up on a jobber. Great. You know, it's kind of one of those things uh, where they need to keep building Sean Spears up if they're going to continue to use him as the stepping stone for other people. You know what I mean? Right. You have to make him win some matches so that when he loses to Cody or Darby or whoever, it makes it a bigger deal. Uh, my only nitpick on that, and uh, D.A. Fabe will understand when I say this, is uh, he put the sharpshooter on wrong. <laughs> We've had talks about this, long talks between D.A. Fabe and I about this, 
and it's it's a simple little thing and i'm i'm just a huge nitpicker on it um but it's all about foot position and which which foot goes under the arm locked in and if you watch when bret hart does it uh and even when sting did it when they did it it always put one foot into their belly the other foot over it to the outside so they were hooking a foot on the outside and then they turn around and their stomach was the one that pinched in that that other foot you know what i mean um Mm. and and when sean spears did it and in fairness when natalia does it they do it the other way they put one foot out and then they put the other foot and it always looks awkward because now they're they're holding the foot that's coming in towards their body instead of holding the foot that's going out it just it's 100 nitpicky on my part it's yep. really i i know it i sound like a total wrestling neck beard when i say you it. sound I mean, like Jason. You, you, you sound like uh, you sound like a DAK Fabe from last week with the nitpicking on Byron. So you know what? Everyone has to. Everyone gets their due. Yeah. I, well, I I think I probably sound even more like the wrestling equivalent of comic book nerd guy from Simpsons. Like, well, actually, uh, that didn't happen in the episode. I just, but it bugs me. And so, but that's once again being extremely nitpicky on it. Uh, Brody Lee beating up on Marco Stunt. You let Marco look like. He's not afraid of anyone, but Brody Lee just took the, took him and threw him all over the place and powerbombed yeah. him, all of that stuff, right? I I want to see him win though at one point, man. Like if you're gonna use this guy, you have to make him win. Although I, it's gonna be weird. I guarantee you, it's on the plan. But here's the deal: to build him up as an underdog, you also have to have him lose. Because Correct. can you imagine here? He's lost to Brody Lee. He's lost to Lance Archer. Uh, he's probably going to lose to Wardlow here soon. He's going to lose to a bunch of other people. When he finally gets that win against someone big, like, say, Brian Cage comes in in a couple months after he's done rehabbing his, his shoulder, right? Uh, and then have Marco get a even a, a fluke victory yeah. over Brian Cage. Uh, it's the the pop is assuming there's people in the crowd, I guess. Um, the pop would be absolutely ginormous for that. And I think that's what they're building. You, you know, you ha- have him lose a whole bunch so that when he finally defeats that giant. And it could be not Brian Cage. It could be he comes back and he beats Wardlow or he beats Lance Archer or he beats someone like that. But Yeah, I, I, I don't think it can be Brian Cage early on in Brian Cage's setup. I, but you're right. There is there's definitely people there for it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's my well, point. Coming I mean, in, say, a one Zachary Ryder. Yeah, so... Um, so, and I will get to um, later on the comments that Cody made regarding Heath Slater and Zachary Ryder, um, uh, Matt Cardona, uh, to to kind of talk about it. But uh, but that's another story altogether. There, I just thought all in all, and then of course they finished off with Dustin versus Lance Archer, which once again had, I mean, it it wasn't as bloody as the Dustin versus Cody match by any means. But it did feature dust. <coughs> Coronavirus! Coronavirus! <laughs> Boy, I'm glad we're not in the same room. Ah, uh, Jesus. I feel like my ear is going to get corona. But it did feature Dustin breaking open, bleeding, and Lance Archer taking 
uh, advantage of that, pounding his head into an exposed turnbuckle, pounding his head into the ground, pinning him with a claw-like hold on his head, his bleeding forehead, and getting the one, two, three. All of these things play into the feud, but it also made for a really good match. So I am charging AEW with putting on a phenomenal show last Wednesday, and here's hoping they continue to follow it up, even with no one in the crowd, because I know that makes it. Wait, so you're telling me that they, they had another squash match where a guy looked good getting squashed? Um, Holmes. No, you know, to be perfect, I wouldn't have called the, the matches that were squash matches, I wouldn't have called anyone looking good in them. Even Marco Stunt, he looked not afraid, but he got absolutely thrown around. Uh-huh. No, I, I, was, I was deflecting back to our Kenny Omega. Yeah. No, and, and that's what, you know, I even talked about it in my review, how this was AEW showing how they can also use a squash, but not every not every match has to be a squash match. No, and, it doesn't. And so you have to build talent up sometimes, but you also have to know when a squash match needs to happen. And I think they've shown remarkable skill in knowing when to have a squash match versus when to have a competitive yet still one-sided match. But so that's my, my crime. Uh, AEW put on a phenomenal show. I hope they can continue. Um, uh, you know, I hope NXT, uh, continues to, to do good. I, I really enjoyed some things on NXT this week. Uh, can't, bad Candice LeRae is fun to watch. Although I'm a little worried because they're following a very similar formula that they did with Io Shirai when she turned bad. You know? I, I'm more concerned with the whole, I don't know how good Gargano is at me at managing bad Candice LeRae. Like, I, you know we'll saying? have like, to see long term. His, yes. his talk. His, like, uh, I, I really enjoyed his talk when she was coming to the ring, but that's a one time thing so far. We'll have to see how that lasts long term. Uh, but I, I love you know, what he said. Uh, originally from wherever, but residing in number one in my heart. Uh, and then when she finished the match and he slides into the ring and puts his hands on his, you know, his head in his hands and just looks like he's in love as she slides out and kisses him on the cheek or head or wherever she did. <clears throat> I thought it was good. Um, I uh, was surprised with them giving Drake Maverick a win. Um, but at the same point, at the same point, angry because it, uh, makes it even more likely that this whole thing is, uh, at the very least being used for storyline. And that makes me, but, uh, but I mean, other things were fun, uh, in NXT. Um, I think the ratings when they came out, uh, AEW won, but, but not by a huge margin. I, I want to say it was like 690,000 people for AEW and 670,000 for NXT, something like that. So a very close margin there, but... But I, you know, I just hope that I really, really enjoyed Drake winning. I'm sorry. And, and the reason I enjoyed Drake winning, if they haven't beat Kushida next week, we're going to have a triple threat in that match that includes a guy that's a draw, a guy that should win it, and Tozawa. Mm-hmm. No, and I, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy him winning. 
Uh, in fact, kind of to the contrary, I did enjoy him winning. I was just surprised, and uh, like I say, uh, I'm just and you'll really be a little bit frustrated because they are—they're obviously going to use Drake Maverick to push something right now. Yes. Oh, I, oh, lots of fans really liked liked, liked watching his little thing on Facebook. Yeah, let's let's exploit that. Yeah, yeah, but this might also essentially maybe even save his job. You know, what if they actually say, you know what, let's make him win. Everyone's on his side. It's the underdog story. Let's just rehire him back. He's not going to not say no. You know, they could also I, just very well do that. Uh, agreed. Um, and, and you know, once again, we're not insiders by any means. Um, I, I live in the middle of the freaking United States, about as far as I could get from being an insider in anything. Right? Um, but... Uh, <laughs> But every report that I've heard from Ryan Satin to uh, Dave Meltzer to, heck, even even that hack Brad Shepard, that uh, all of their insiders uh, say that there are no plans in WWE rehired, um, that they're just using it as a storyline, and that it, 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 so much of it came from, from what I was hearing, a lot of this comes from the dissidence between the people making the decisions and WWE Creative. The WWE Creative had uh, okayed and and started a um, a video crew following Drake Maverick for his triumphant return to wrestling because he hadn't been wrestling for so long. He'd been managing and all this stuff, and so they'd approved a person you know, coming and, and helping and following him to do basically a WWE 24, you know, style documentary on it. And then he gets fired uh, because the creative side didn't know that the other side was going to shit can him. Um, and so... That's poop so, can if it's on YouTube. Yeah, they're, they're going to poop can him. Uh, and so then they're like, well, crap, we're already following him for a a video let's keep him in this and let's do what we can to exploit this yeah. um, and thus making it a better 24 when they do release you know what i mean yeah I, that's why he's gonna make it to the finals um for sure you think you he know? beats Kushida next week huh I, I'm. They're gonna go with it, man. They're definitely gonna go with it, and they'll just, you know what? They'll hire him for a few more months or something. They'll use him, but you know what? At the end of the day, the guy's gonna get more grub. So why See, not? And I, and my worry is this: if you go back, and I love how this started off as an AEW crime, and we end up trashing on WWE. Um. Uh. If you go back and you watch, uh, Rockstar Spud's career in a in previous to WWE and then in WWE, it's probably the best for him to not be in WWE. Uh, right. yeah, they, don't, they don't know how to use him. And if he goes uh, out, the, the crappy thing about him getting fired was not him getting let go in and of itself. It was the timing of If they'd let him go three months ago or three months from now, um, It'd be a different story altogether. It was right in the middle of this when they let him go, when they know that no one else is hiring. And that's that's kind of the crappy thing. But he goes back to Impact Wrestling, um, they'll use him better. He goes over to Ring of Honor, he'll he'll be able to be Rockstar Spud. If he goes to AEW, he'll be able to be Rockstar Spud. And Rockstar Spud can go. 
Drake Maverick pees down his leg outside a ring. Rockstar Spud walks straight up to a person and punches. And that's where WWE just saw him and said, oh, he's a short guy. He's a little bitty guy. Let's make him the little bitty comedy guy. And yes, he's very good at comedy, but he is also very good at throwing down. And uh, his Rockstar gimmick, the Rockstar Spud gimmick, is just so phenomenal. He's got this whole thing where when he was on the indies, he would come out to John Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer. Uh-huh. Uh, right. And yeah. and he'd, he'd strut all the way to the ring he, he wearing his Rockstar leather pants and his Rockstar leather jacket with his hair all spiky and everything. And he'd, he'd smack talk the women. He'd try to convince girls to flash him like rock stars do, you know, stuff like that. And then he'd get up and he'd hit a rock star pose. And then he'd make the audience watch him for two choruses and a verse, right? And about halfway through it, he would uh, look like he's breaking the pose. But instead, he's just straightening out his elbow pad, and then he'd go back into the pose. So the crowd would be like, okay, he's finally... Ah, crap. It's such great little heel work just to get the crowd against him right from the beginning. And then he'd go out there, and it doesn't matter whether he'd win or lose. He'd still entertain, and he'd still go. And then he comes to WWE, and they turn him into... He's the little guy who comes out with with, uh, AOP and then pees down his leg. And so... It's best for him to work someplace else. It's going to be hard for him because I, no matter where he goes, they're not going to pay him whatever WWE was. Right. Um, but they're going to use him better and they're going to allow him to be who he could be. I mean, I don't know if you had a chance to watch any of the matches that I tweeted out of Rocks. Um, nope. But if you get some free time, and I know there's so much stuff going on, so much wrestling to watch, and we're all still working jobs uh, from home or still going out to the public and doing them. You know, it's tough to find time to watch these. But uh, he and EC3 put on what is arguably one of, if not the best match in Impact Wrestling history, TNA. Oh, but wow. It is, okay. it is definitely That's a bold a- statement. It, 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 and and I stand by it, and uh, I believe it was What Culture uh, did an article uh, where they rated it as one of the best matches in Impact Wrestling 3. Um, it was a hair versus hair match between them. And the whole storyline between them, uh, they, they started off on the same side, and then Spud kind of turned on EC3 uh, because EC3 was the jerk one rich spoiled nephew. guy nephew of of the ceo whatever her official right. title was there whatever um and so uh so he rockstar spud cost him his shot at the title right and so then ec3 went and and turned on spud and and eventually it ended in this match and the match is phenomenal storytelling wrestling everything in it is is phenomenal and i use that word specifically because this was still during the time uh when it wasn't that far removed at least from uh aj styles in impact wrestling right right or uh i should say tna at the time because that's what it was but uh and so you know for if for us to say that this match with two people who both of them who released uh at the same time 
uh, was one of the best matches in all of Impact Wrestling. Uh, March 13th, 2015 was when this match was. Um, says a lot about how how good this match was. Um, to be fair, was... TNA was still kind of decent back in yeah. 2015. They still had some... But I mean, both wrestlers were good. EC3 was nothing in WWE. You know what I mean? He obviously was his best at uh, TNA, and I imagine Rockstar Spud uh, was so much better than too, you know? So WWE has a, a way of ruining wrestlers when they come from another federation. So I, I'm, I'm curious. I really want to watch because both those wrestlers did nothing. Uh, well, I mean, I guess... Yeah, no, you know what? Nothing. Nothing in... EC3 started off uh, when he came back and was in NXT, had so much potential with his top 1% gimmick, um, his his entry music and everything in NXT was great. And then they moved him to the main roster and they turned him into guy who drinks out of a red solo cup and doesn't seem to care. (laughs) Well, what buried him was the was the Moxley uh sorry not Moxley Dean Ambrose match where they had him get the win over Dean Ambrose and and again that's that's booking just just being horrible mm-hmm. um in terms of you know well if you're going to leave then i guess what we'll do is we'll have you lose to EC3 and the fans just absolutely rioted mm-hmm. yep. um justifiably i mean I'm, I'm i'm not saying that the fans shouldn't have rioted um but they it was a surprise roll up which is which didn't feature EC3 by any means and just just buried him i mean it, it intentional or unintentional it buried him um and then vince got mad because he wasn't over with the fans well, you, you picked a guy who's been on your developmental for nine months and threw him out there to beat the guy that's leaving that everybody's you know not not happy he's leaving but happy he's getting a better better shot in life you know mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and they could they could have made that work too though they because WWE sometimes randomly has these matches where it's like two nobodies or a nobody plus a, a guy that we really like and they have this five star match where it's pin him oh my god he kicked out how did he kick out and it makes the wrestlers look good but those matches are so far I can't even give you an example right now but they're so few and far in between that uh, you know it doesn't stick they, they could have easily have done that because, and the fans would have respected it too, because they already know Dean Ambrose is leaving. Yeah. And, well, and, know, and we all know that Ambrose has to go out on his back. I mean, that's like, no fans are going to be upset that he's going out on his back. They're they're upset that you're not you're not giving either side a chance to feature anything. You're just it it really felt like a middle finger to the fans more than it did to Ambrose. Because um, again, he knew he was leaving, and for the most part, everybody else knew he was leaving. They didn't know he was going to AEWs. They thought maybe he was taking the sabbatical. He said he was taking, but and then people found out, and that made it even worse. They were just like, "What?" You know? Yeah. Now, if you want to have some fun, go on Twitter and uh, follow EC3's Twitter. He it's is just, that new gimmick is going to be. Unbelievably yeah. good. He is he is really really killing it at 
uh, Twitter right now. And frankly, uh, I want to point out he's also featuring Rockstar Spud in a lot of his videos, um, which is part of why I'm also 99.9% certain that. Is this Twitter's EC3? It's uh, at the real E3. Oh, no. Yep, the real E3. At the real E3 with the number three. Doing that. And he's he's landing in AEW. I don't Just so anybody he better. thinks. Oh, no. It's, it's yeah. I, I could see him going back to Impact as well. But yeah. with him trying All to do a whole new character. In AEW. Well, with him trying to do a new uh, twist on the character. Him going back to Impact where he's got the baggage of Ethan Carter the third uh it makes sense for him to go someplace else um and I, I'd be fine seeing him in in Ada I think he might not he's not Kenny Omega in terms of work rate um but he he very well might be better than Kenny Omega in terms of character so uh he definitely more than makes up in that respect. um so I don't know man have you ever seen Kenny in in of course you've seen Kenny in New Japan. I, like, that I dude agree. can play a heel with the best of them. He sure can. Uh, I think, I okay, I'll caveat it saying he very well might be better than Kenny Omega in terms of character work in AEW. Is that, okay. Does that clear it up a little bit more? Yeah, yeah Ken, Kenny's got stuff going on. <laughs> Kenny in AEW really has done almost nothing in terms of overall character. And I'm not not on him on it. He's got a lot of work on this. He's uh, an EVP. He's one of the people making all of the decisions for the women's division. And frankly, the women's division is uh, one of the places that AEW needs the most work. Um, and I think they're doing a lot of good in the women's, um, but it's definitely probably one of their divisions overall, so. What's been going on with the Brandy Rose thing? That, I guess, is finished. That's not happening anymore with her yeah. dark Brandy Rose nightmare Yeah, they, they to totally dropped it. They um, it, it happened about the same time as Awesome Kong's injury knocked her out. And so um, they made a big thing where Brandy, uh, she'd gone to therapy and she realized that the whole uh, nightmare collective thing was just her acting out and she needs to focus on on herself and whatever anyways but so now she's oh, she's back coming out in cody's corner um she also now has um the nightmare family which is uh dustin rhodes and qt marshall as a tag team that she manages but no longer right. as a dark character back to being kind of the face brandy okay but but no anyways i think i think aew's doing phenomenal in some ways about the only, I guess, knock that we can say about this week's AEW uh, TV product was it didn't have a women's match, really. Um, but I think that's more... It had a Brandy... Not a Brandy. It had a Britt Baker vignette um, where she was gave... Good. Which was really good. Gave us a tour of the uh, uh, dentist office that she was. Introduced us to her uh, makeup artist that she kept calling Reba, whose real name is Rebel. She is she used a wrestler, by the way? She used to wrestle in Impact Wrestling, or TNA Wrestling, as Rebel. Um, oh. And I have a feeling that she will eventually wrestle in AEW, but she's not officially right now signed uh, as far as we know. Mm. But 
Uh, but they made a big deal about her in there. So I think that's something that they're working on there. They signed Anna Jay, uh, who has been appearing on AEW Dark and appeared on AEW Dynamite once, I think. Um, she's one of the students at Nightmare Factory, uh, which is where they've been filming the last uh, few weeks. Uh, she also, I only recently found this out. Do you remember clear back a year ago at Double or Nothing when they had their first vignette for Wardlow? I think it was Double or Nothing. Might have been All Out. Might have been a little bit later. Anyways, but they had they just had this vignette backstage, not backstage, but it was in like a parking garage. Um, yes. And, and... He like beat everyone up. Beat a bunch of people up. They were all hitting, hitting yeah. on this woman. Yeah. Uh, and oh, it was her. Up. That was her. I only recently found this out. Like, wow. Yep. Anyways, nice. but she, uh, it, it, she's remarkably good for being as green as she really is. Uh, I think Cody said on commentary on AEW Dark last week when she wrestled that that was her seventh professional wrestling match ever. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I'm sure she'd been training for longer before they gave her an actual match, but still, to to show as much poise and, and capabilities your seventh match on TV, that says a lot about her potential. For sure. But anyways, so talking about AEW sped off into NXT and then back to AEW, full circle, but I think we will move on to crime number two. So oh, inner circle. Didn't... Did you... Did you um, I mean, I can take this one since I always tend to go last. I'll go, I'll go right in the middle. Um, it's, so, a, it's a Canadian sandwich. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of alluded to it um, earlier. So I'm just charging WWE with uh, booking this money in the bank one uh, at the corporate center or at the corporate office, and now making it a double match at the same time with the women's and men's going on. I'm just charging them of this crime of being completely and utterly clueless because I feel like they don't even know how they're going to do this, even though I know it's pre-filmed and so on. But even a pre-film this and with all the editing and so on, how do you honestly expect us to follow 12 wrestlers because it's six on each side 12 wrestlers for what let's say 30 minutes let's say the match goes on for 30 minutes like and what what are you gonna do like one is gonna win like how do you it's gonna look bad if one person wins one the men win first or the woman win first and then the other one goes because no matter what happens there it's gonna just seem so ridiculous and how do you have it so that the men and women don't mesh kind of against each other like it's just gonna be uh a kerfuffle of stupidity and i feel like it's i had my doubts just when it was a corporate matchup now i really have my doubts and i think it's gonna be a total a total craziness of stupidity with them having it at the same time i don't see how this can be good and i hope i'm wrong but i know i'm right this is going to be horrible. Oh, no, I, I totally agree with you on this. Here's the oldest. We already knew this was going to be an absolute poop show uh, <laughs> from the beginning. A shit show. Um, just just <laughs> from the whole standpoint of it, it going through all the corporate offices and all that stuff. 
but it was one of those things where I was like, oh, may- maybe they can pull off since they're pre-filming it and all of this stuff. I don't know. But then you add in that they're going to be going on at the same time, even pre-filming it, right? Money in the Bank ladder matches always run this risk of trying to do too much and making it too, too hard for you to follow the actual action, right? Where people are fighting and some people spill out of the ring and some people are in the ring and, and all of this stuff. Now you spread that out all over the entire corporate office and then you double the amount of people in there. I I don't know how you're not going to just have this look like the, the absolute worst uh, battle royals that we've ever seen, you know? Where there's 30 people the in the ring. Like 10, isn't the gathering limit still 10 everywhere, technically? So aren't um, they going a law? Well, <laughs> or whatever? Be- because they were considered essential, that's part of it. Um, also, Florida has been opening up a bit as well. Oh, that's um, not in Florida, though. They're, they're in... They're in uh, uh, oh, yeah, true. That's in Connecticut, which may have a totally different... So I don't even know so in Connecticut. They... The, um, the but, criminal part is the only criminal part is that um, is that they are violating the 10 person thing, in my opinion. Um, and I've kept relatively quiet to allow both of you guys to talk. This thing's going to be epic. <gasps> do you remember okay. the Super Bowl commercial? See, if they do the Super Bowl commercial, but they're still trying to walk this weird PG 13 line that uh, that Super Bowl it's commercial did not. Off of Titan Tower this week. Yeah, I heard about that. What happened? Uh, Say that again. He was demonstrating it to. Tower. Yeah. Somebody's going off that building. Granted, it's going to be yeah. fake, but somebody's going off that building. Yeah, well, they alluded that on Raw. Oh my God, he went off. Who's? Is he going to go off the Titan Tower? Like, first of all, Vince how did, did he even play that? Vince, Vince himself did the stunt jump. Huh? Okay, I did this, not hear about this. Can someone please yeah, explain? Becky, Becky leaked it by accident. Yeah, she talked about how he demonstrated it um, when uh, doing an interview where she also talked about how she's uh, or at least announced that she's been cast in a Marvel movie, but she hasn't announced which one. Um, so who knows what's going on there? She also tweeted out a uh, fake magazine cover for Part Timers magazine, uh, teasing that she's going to go off to Hollywood and become a part time wrestler um, like Rock and Cena did. So, I mean, you know what? As long as she gets rid of the title, I'm good because I'm sick and tired of Becky with the title. I mean, I love Becky, but uh, enough's enough. G- give me another uh, champion because uh, Becky, uh, Becky's great. I love her, but you just—it's too much now. Like, I want to see someone else. Give it to uh, anyone but Bailey. Bailey already has a SmackDown, Baszler, so that's fine. Baszler, Baszler. Uh, anyway, so I, I think this is going to be oh. epic, and here's why. So we do have that crossover ability. We have the ability for, even though Mandy Rose technically isn't in the match, to um, interfere with with uh, helping Otis. Um, we have that ability for, you know, certain things to happen here that I, I just think that this is going to open a lot of stuff up. Do you guys remember how you felt about the concept of a Firefly Funhouse match when it was announced? Um, my only problem with the Firefly Funhouse match is they didn't tell us anything about what it was. Thank God they didn't, because how epic was it? Agreed. However, I, once again, and this is just me playing into this, I don't trust WWE to film this in any competent way. And that's really what it comes down to, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so much of it came down to 
they gave Cena and Bray Wyatt freedoms that they're not going to give the average people in this uh, Money in the Bank ladder, right? I just don't see, especially with the number of people involved in it. That's it. At least the other one was just two wrestlers. So you know what? It is what it is. With 12 wrestlers, there's no way you can control that for it to be a complete epic show. This is going to be worse than Edge and... Uh, Ed, prime example, Edge and Randy Orton. Just two mm-hmm. wrestlers, but they completely ruined that. Well, and that's the deal. Is is The Firefly Funhouse, they went totally high concept. The uh, Boneyard match, they went high concept. This is... They're effectively going to the same thing they went to with the Edge and Randy Orton match, which was an empty arena, but in this case, it's an empty office. It's not high concept. My biggest worry, though, is... Because I agree with you. There is a lot of potential for great storyline, crossover storylines. There's a potential for uh, a man and a woman to team up to uh, both win at the same time. In fact, I think that's probably what's going to happen, to be perfectly honest, is that... A, a man and a woman are going to climb the ladders at the same time and grab the briefcases at the same time. And it's probably going to be because they colluded with each other to knock the opponents out, right? Um, but Someone's getting stuck in an elevator. But I don't trust WWE to shoot this in a way that that makes any sense. And, and a perfect example, you mentioned the Firefly Funhouse. Part of what made that work is because they could focus on these two people. There wasn't a third person shown in that almost the entire time until a referee showed up. No, no, because Bray was even the referee. You're right. And that's my point. But here, you're going to have 12 different people, right? So if you try to focus on just these two fighting, the rest of the people are either off screen doing jack all or in the background taking focus away from what we're watching here. Either one of those options does not benefit the match. It's tough enough to do a a six-person Money in the Bank ladder match confined into a ring and not make it look like a total shit show. You put this ten people in the Undertaker match. This one allows the sideshow stuff to be sideshow stuff, and you can have to be main event type stuff. So so you can have Sasha and uh, Bailey interfere to keep Shayna Baszler from coming over to SmackDown and pull her into a room and, and lock people down. Number one, or and that's just part of it, you can pull out all of the old um, stuff from, from the warehouse and have certain warehouse items there. You can have people get locked in offices. Uh, you're definitely getting a monitor thrown. Probably an old school monitor just for showman's shake. Um, showman's uh, sake, sorry. <laughs> showman's shake. That sounds like a great shake. I want that it. is going to be a t-shirt right there. Showman's shake. <laughs> Oh, you, you got have a monitor through a window. You can, I mean, there's just, I think that WWE has used movie style production in two matches before. And I know I'm right. And I think both of those were successes. And I think we should probably allow a little bit of time for this one to maybe be that where they edit together the good stuff and, and give us the good S word. So, so. You say there were 10 people in the Undertaker match. Yep. 
How do you get to ten? Bullet I Club, have... the Bruins, the, uh... the Druids, and Undertaker, and they were no. the six Druids. The Druids walked out and then left. They weren't part of the match. They were scenery. Well, yeah. it's still part of it. No, they. they, they uh, that's that's like saying, oh, well, you know, in in every uh, normal match, there's also uh, thirty thousand people in it because there's the whole crowd. The Druids were effectively uh, uh, crowd. Uh, WWE Universe. Let's let's get it correct here. But but that's my point is. The druids were effectively crowd. They didn't affect the match in any way, shape, or form. They were scenery. They were the uh, they were the ring ropes. You can't count the ring ropes as part of the match. They were just cameos. That's all they were. Because ultimately, these twelve wrestlers aren't cameos. There are twelve yeah. wrestlers there were who are going to be four people oh, in the match. There are cameos in this match. No, I guarantee you there are. I'm already worried about the twelve people. Be, that are in the match being too many and you're talking about adding more into it right in, in cameos right because here's the deal no, if you, I, if you I, what i'm saying is the 12 people are are some of those people in that ring are already cameos well but then they're, then they're once just, again they take a beating at one point or another okay once again that in my opinion flies in the face of what a money in the bank ladder match should be Yo, these are all things that, in my opinion, <laughs> in my opinion, pull away from the thing and turn it into a shit show. You, if here's the deal, if you took and said, "Hey, it's going to be uh, both the men's and women's Money in the Bank ladder matches in a ring, just a normal Money in the Bank ladder match," right? It would be a total shit show, right? Because that's too many people in the ring. But then you say, oh, but these four people are going to get taken out at the beginning and not going to affect the match in the end. Well, then it's like, why are they even in this? Why are you doing this match in the first place if those people aren't going to affect it in one way, shape, or form? For the same reason you do a Greatest Royal Rumble or 11 people get eliminated by uh, Brock Lesnar. So, so your, your argument to support the fact that you think it's going to be good is the greatest Royal Rumble? No, I didn't say that. I said that's <laughs> why there's other other wrestlers in it that aren't going to win, that that aren't going to put on a show. Which, this, once uh, again... This will be the most organized, and and it, it, it will seem more chaotic, but it will be the most organized of all Money in the Bank ladder matches of all time. Yeah, and I'm... And the I'm, I say that is because they can do editing here. They can stop it and go... Hold on. What if you throw her through a window? Uh, indeed, they can do it, but that's that's kind of one of those things where um, I worry that it's too many chefs spoiling the the recipe. You know what I mean? That they're doing all the stuff. They're gonna spend so much time focusing on this and tweaking this and doing all this stuff that again they're just throw much, throwing so much shit into the the recipe that in the end it's just gonna come out as this mishmash awesome. of whatever. Nope. And so I'm willing to go on the record right now that I think this is probably going to be the worst match of the night. And it's going to be, uh, we're going to come away from it afterwards saying, this. it was so hard to follow, even with all of this pre-production that they could do, it was so hard to follow, and they really should have kept them separate. Um, and I'm, I'm going to go on the record and say that's my prediction for this. I'm totally in the boat with, with JLB on this one. This oh. is not... It's fine. 
somebody had to play devil's advocate, and apparently I'm good enough at it to get you two to get fired up. So, yeah, that's valid. I I admire your confidence in WWE's editing team and the WWE in general. I admire that. Um, the it's it's gonna suck for us, and it's honestly gonna suck for all the hard work that the editors had to put into the actual event of this match because I, I don't see this going well at all. And it's gonna I feel it's also gonna ruin some wrestlers too. Well, that's because the deal. they're if you're gonna... if you're one of those wrestlers that you say is basically a cameo in this, right? What does that do for your character that you? Uh, Work so hard to win a position in the Money in the Bank ladder match, and then uh, you're just... did you watch the women's the women's match that Mia Yim won, or not Mia uh, that Io Shirai won? Yeah, I don't know what that has to do with the okay, Money in the Bank. Okay, but here's the deal. So Candice LeRae, um, rel- better better example. Chelsea Green, relative role player in this match, takes an early injury, does make a run for the top with. Robert Stone trying to help her up to there gets knocked out again. Like really only only a part of the match for two 30 minute segments. Like that's it. Just a role player. Totally elevated out of it. Totally, totally elevated out of it. So I I I, I have to give them the benefit of the doubt here that they can put this together pretty solid. But the problem is you're talking about someone who came into this match really, really low and comes out higher. Where instead, you're looking at a Money in the Bank where these are people who are supposed to be on the verge of main event already. And then they just get effed out of the match 30 seconds into it and maybe make an appearance again towards the end. That does not help build Liv Morgan up, you know? She... She needs to be a part of this and a contender through most of it. Yeah, you can take breaks and all that stuff, but with there being 12 total people fighting at the same time, it's not going to help at least half of them. They're, they're going to be bit players in this at best. It's not going to elevate their characters. For the most part, we're going to be like, ah, I don't know why they were in it. So now don't get me wrong. Like I said, when they first announced this, uh, I said, this could be awesome before they announced that they were going on at the same time. That's the thing that tips this over to me, is that putting these matches together at the same time overloads this. Just like the 30, just like the 40-man Royal Rumble, the greatest Royal Rumble, too many people involved ruin this. And, uh, And the Money in the Bank ladder match, part of what makes it so good is it can be focused on the six people involved. I would say that we get a different opportunity for two-on-one gang-ups than we normally get. Um, this is this is really an opportunity to elevate the women of WWE, um, not to the um, Blanchard level, but to, to really... I mean, you could have Shayna Baszler attack Otis if you want. You could. I guarantee you they don't. I, I don't know. What, now, why would that be a thing? I'm one hundred percent certain. Just an example. Just an example. You, uh, oh, okay, okay. You can have the no. Queen of Hearts. You can have the Queen and King come together in this dominating, destructive force, and, and then Shayna Baszler and um, Shayna Baszler and uh, 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 Baron Corbin both 
ascended the ladder at the same time. Both heels, both amongst the best heels in, in the game right now. Um, I don't want to see Baron Corbin win it, but at the very minute, you can have Shayna Baszler take both of them. You can have Shayna get the men's challenging title. Once again, these these are all things that could happen, and I guarantee you they don't. And I guarantee you they don't because Vince McMahon is still in control of the company, and Vince McMahon is 100% against any intergender happening whatsoever. It's good ass word. <laughs> it is it is not in his mind. And and I and there's a lot of reasons why. Shana's gonna make Braun tap out. That's all I'm saying. Nope. I, I, I am I am one hundred percent certain that we are not going to see any intergender. Shana Pace is gonna win the men's uh, ends uh, money in the bank match. That's the, that's how messed up they're gonna do it. <laughs> nope. I that's one thing I, I would be excited if they I thought they were gonna go that way, but I'm one hundred percent certain they won't because if you look at Vince McMahon's history, uh, Vince McMahon uh, was raised with. Uh, a stepfather who was very abusive to his mother, uh, very abusive. And that's fed into his uh, desire to never see true intergender matches because he can't separate men and women competing against each other from men beating women. Yeah. That's what it comes that's, down to. But his daughter can take a beating from his son-in-law. All right, fair enough. And China <laughs> could go and win the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. Be- because chi- China, in his mind, was a woman. China, China in his mind wasn't a woman. China was a a a show in his mind. I'm not saying she was. I'm saying in his mind. But that's why that's why he he will never be 100% on the the intergender battling of anything. That's why I'm 100% certain we're not going to see Shayna Baszler win the the uh, men's Money in the Bank. Now I on the other side. Uh, could totally see them pulling off someone, uh, a man winning the women's side, because that's what they freaking always do, right? And I'm looking at you, James Ellsworth, and I'm looking at you, Santina Morello. Um, so, so, but those are both bad things, and that's why I, I don't, I just can't see any good outcome to this coming from WWE. If this was Ring of Honor doing something similar or Impact Wrestling or AEW, I would have a little bit of faith that they might be able to do something interesting and unique with it. With this, I it's just going to be a clusterfuck. And here's to hoping you're wrong, and we haven't seen the match yet, so I and really I'm interested to be a match in the Funhouse. At the same time, I'm still interested. I'm still interested to see how they're going to do it. You know, this is making me like I'm going to be all all eyes onto this matchup because well, I am. Of, of course, you're going to be all eyes onto it, just like you're all eyes onto the car wreck you drive by on your way home. Um, it doesn't mean it's a good thing. It just means that we like watching. We're we're very big into Schadenfreude in this world. Um, happiness is the misfortune of others. That's what we live on. So. Yeah, of course I'll be watching it because it's going to be a freaking train wreck. Um, and I have a podcast to do, and so we're going to be talking about it afterwards. And frankly, it's probably going to be better for this podcast if it's a freaking train wreck. So True, true. People tune to tune in when stuff goes really, really wrong. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, Anyways, yeah. So, thoughts. so that's the end of that arguing back and forth. Let's move on to crime number three. 
what do you got, DFA? Oh, I'm going to step out of the television show, the prediction about the future world or the this was great this week or this was horrible this week. Anybody listen to 83 Weeks this week? I did not get a chance to. What did they talk about? 83 Weeks, they talked about um, a wrestler, and this this might be a little bit of foreshadowing for Tuesday night, just so y'all know, uh, a wrestler that that WCW had a shot at that has become kind of a lifer at WWE. He went on and did a little stint somewhere else um, where he won the UFC World Heavyweight Championship. Um, But they actually had a shot at Brock, and Brock wanted to go there more than he wanted to go to WWE, but they turned it down. Um, So this crime goes out to Eric Bischoff. Thank you for admitting it. Um, You're an idiot. (laughs) <laughs> and that's where we're at no i mean i'll, I'll agree with you 100 percent on this um uh, as much of a wcw fan as i was um and still am i still love old watching old wcw events they missed out on a lot of great wrestlers for stupid reasons. well or um, letting jericho go because he's because he's he's a little guy yeah you know? well let, letting jericho go by not by yeah, by not seeing the potential in him, letting uh, the entirety of um, that group, including uh, Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, Perry Saturn, all of those people leave, um, not seeing that their value. Um, Kurt Angle uh, also had come to WCW uh, before uh, WWE uh, to kind of feel out the waters, and they weren't really interested in him. Um uh, there's a very famous story about him going to an ECW uh, taping uh, that he was thinking about going there. And uh, it happened to be the one where uh, Sandman got crucified and Kurt Angle being a extremely devout Christian uh, right. was not happy with that. And so it was it was failings on WCW and ECW that led Kurt Angle to going to WWF at the time we uh, see a lot of this today though too and we talked a little bit about this with the AEW portion of this con- podcast um no nobody but cody saw cody's potential and mm-hmm. i mean i mean that as literally as possible when cody was leaving nobody but cody saw cody's um or his brother would have left with him and not re-upped for a two-year contract or um you know the the, the numerous other opportunities that 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 uh of people that just now granted he probably didn't really know the young bucks all that well at that point uh, um definitely didn't know kitty omega all that well at that point i'm not saying he did, didn't know him at all but he developed a lot of those friendships in japan japan didn't see cody rhodes as cody rhodes as not the to start American. off with no so um you know, nobody but Cody saw Cody, and that—that's a—that's an example. You know, um, I think Vince did actually see Brock, um, but there's you know, I, there's missed opportunities all over the place. And this is actually what what Culture talked about regarding this. They did a whole podcast based on a podcast, um, and 
they talked about all the all the different missed opportunities that there were out there. Um, you know, one of I, I truly think missed opportunity for CM Punk was staying with WWE. Um, I just don't. Some people said CM Punk to AEW early. Um, I think that would have just been an, another advantage for AEW. I don't know that he brings that much to the table now that AEW is really well established. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and I just and you know, call me a, a, a hater, I guess, but uh, um, I just really think that they, it's interesting if you think about some of these missed opportunities. Uh, AJ Styles was in the WWE before he was at TNA. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, oops, missed that one. Joe, Samoa Joe was in WWE and not really this weird looking dude who is a submission machine, but highly, highly susceptible to roll-ups um, before he was at TNA. Well, know? Daniel well, Bryan, look at Daniel Bryan too, though. Daniel Bryan, you know, was there when Cena was the rapper Cena and he hasn't even done anything yet, you know, and it got fired and came back and got fired. And it was only really until like 2010 that, uh, you know, they finally gave him that opportunity and so on and so forth. So they have had missed opportunities, but they've also, you know, relinquished on some of them too, with, especially with Daniel Bryan. Like, you know, uh, when he, but Daniel Bryan had to go to Japan, had to do a bunch of things, and that's ultimately where he got his name. Every company has that, though. You can't really blame either company for anything because no. you just never know, right? No, I, well, I just it. think it's, it's awesome to see. Number one, the, the, it, it's it's an evidence against Vince's theory of he wants to take over the wrestling world. Number one, he's too old to do it. Number two, um, it's not actually healthy for him. It's not right. healthy for his business. Like this, com- WWE has been better in the last nine months than they had for their entire um, non non competitor existence. I mean, sure, I suppose you can say that. TNA was a competitor at one point um, when they were loaded with, you know, Hogan and and just it was really a garbage show, um, but it was there. Um, WWE is better when there's competition, and competition is better when there's WWE. Yeah, that's all well, there is to it. I mean, the simple fact is you can never expect one man to see the potential in every, like, the total potential of every person, right? So, no, uh, you absolutely cannot. A, a, a very good example right there. But that, and, and that's the deal is, right, as long as there was only one person, one major company uh, controlling everything, there was always going to be people who got overlooked. People like Cody who got pigeonholed into one uh, realm. Stardust. Into Stardust, yeah. Um, And and get kind of overlooked. And, you know, we're still seeing it. You know, we mentioned it with EC3 and and Drake Maverick, Rockstar Spud, right? These are people uh, who were never truly given a chance to to shine. Uh, Heath Slater was never really given a a shot at really shining. I mean, yeah, he had a whole bunch of kind of lower mid-card gimmicks over the years, but he had a chance to be an upper mid-card guy um, if they would have just given him a shot, you know? Oh, Um, I got kids could have easily been a main eventer. And and that's... 
Uh, but even like <laughs> mentioning no, like, Daniel Bryan. But you mentioning Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan only became the main eventer because the fans saw the potential, right? Yeah. Uh, Vince McMahon didn't see the potential in him as a main eventer, but the Still fans really got behind him. Still probably doesn't. Yeah, you're right. Um, and that's that's the thing where, you know, as long Kofi. as they're... Yeah, Kofi. Well, and Kofi had yeah. had his run, and then, and then Brock Lesnar comes in and F5s him in three seconds, and... and I'm rolling my eyes because I don't like to think about that. Um, but that's, as well, long as we have Kofi had two. I mean, if you think about it, he was ready for a push, and then stupid, stupid, stupid comes along. Um, I thought that was I mean, good. We all, we all, we, we all know Randy Orton's penchant for ruining people's careers. Yeah, but at the same time, Randy Orton was one of the reasons why Daniel Bryan was being also so noticed. Because Randy Orton was pretty much Daniel Bryan's biggest wrestler, and they've had a lot of matches against each other. And that's kind of what made the fans also to really like Daniel Bryan. So oh, I, really I would say, say the big push for Daniel Bryan came from the Cena matches. When Cena that was, was a fan. That was after Randy Orton, though. But, that was after Randy Orton. And I know but, this because literally WB2K19, the showcase, is Daniel Bryan's entire thing, and it goes through his entire career. That's why. But, <laughs> but in, in the end, you know, it really comes down to as as long as Vince McMahon was the only one making the choices, you're always going to lose some people. There are always going to be people that you're that he doesn't see the potential in that have potential. And it was the same thing in WCW, you know? And yes, uh, Eric Bischoff has said numerous times that he was not really in charge of booking uh, overall. Like he he was he was the top of the ladder. Uh, so things still he had to sign off on them, but he didn't actually make the storylines. He didn't do all that. He wasn't directly in in charge of signing people. There were people who did all of the research and all of that stuff, and and would come to him and say, "Hey, we we want to sign this guy," and he'd be like, "Yes or no." So, but yeah, he he dropped the ball multiple times. He also made some stupid decisions, like Glacier. Um, <laughs> um, and and uh, uh, the kiss demon. And don't get me wrong, I understand why he did the kiss demon. That was millions of dollars in sponsorship from Kiss uh, that that they were offered for that. And I probably would have taken it too. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's nearly a Saudi Arabia. Yeah. But in the end, the kiss demon was a horrible, horrible decision to do. Um, and and made no sense long run. Uh, and then when. Uh, he was out and Vince Russo was in. You know, we like to give Vince Russo crap and, and uh, wrestling fans in general like to say he ruined WCW. And we've talked about it before. WCW's fall started bef- long before Vince Russo. For sure. Uh, the the real catalyst towards a lot of the fall was when uh, the Time Warner, uh, AOL Time Warner merger started to f- actually take place. And that's because AOL Time Warner started to exert some control over WCW that prior to that, Ted Turner basically said, you can do whatever you want. Right. Ted Turner saw a, lot, saw a lot of value in owning a wrestling company. AOL Time Warner didn't. AOL Time Warner said, hey, we've got to start enforcing these standards and practices. You know, they couldn't call someone an idiot 
after Time Warner started to take over because that was too harsh of a word and that that's uh, potential bullying tactics and yada yada yada, right? Uh, so MJF a lot of- was definitely do- born at the right era of life because man, he did get screwed. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the deal. It's, it's in the end, uh, so many of the things that WCW did uh, to win the Monday Night Wars were about being edgy. And suddenly AOL Time Warner comes in and says, you can't be edgy anymore. Um, I'm not saying it was a light switch. It just meant that suddenly this trend that was going upwards levels out and starts to slowly come down. By the time Vince Russo got into power, it was already on this downward roll, right? The train had already crested the the peak and was rolling uncontrollably down the hill. Uh, Vince Russo did very, very little to try to stop the train from going all the way down the hill, but he did not cause the train to go down the hill. No, No, but he definitely put it on a track with a steeper incline. Well, yeah, or he didn't try to pull the brakes, you know, or maybe he he fed fed a little bit of coal into the engine and and sped it up a bit, you know? Um, You know, I'm not going to try to say that when Vince Russo decided, hey, let's put, (coughs) excuse me, let's put the heavyweight championship on David Arquette, that that was a good idea by any stretch of the imagination. That was a horrible decision, and that did... Uh, speed up the downward fall of WCW. No argument there. But if the David Arquette storyline never took place, all it probably would have bought WCW is six months, maybe. It was still headed downhill, and yeah. they were doing nothing to try to get it well. Up. And yeah, at the end of the day, the merger had happened. Like it was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Like Ted Turner's not gonna look at him and be like, but. You guys can't have this. You can't have my pro wrestling. That's the deal. When the merger happened, it started them on this downward path. Now, there was one potential saving grace for WCW, and that was Eric Bischoff and his backers trying to buy WCW away from Turner, right? And they had a deal in principle to buy WCW. Eric Bischoff was going to shut it down for, I think it was like six months, and then bring it back with a big uh, event called the Big Bang in Vegas and kind of start with a fresh start. He was buying all the talent and all this, but it was all contingent on the TV deal, right? And when Turner decided, not Turner, excuse me, when AOL Time Warner decided that they weren't going to continue to air WCW on Turner at the time, uh, that took the, the entirety of that sale out the window because Eric Bischoff's whole plan was contingent on them having a TV deal. Well, and, and he even asked for, for a week to get, I think it was a week, to get a TV deal. Mm-hmm. And the next day they had sold to Vince. Yep. Sold so. to Vince for less money than he was going to buy them for. That's Correct. important to point out here. Oh, that. Well, and, and remember, they had to pay some of those bigger contracts. So they sold to Vince to get the bigger contracts, too. To to And had to pay those big contracts like Goldberg, Nash, Hogan, Sting, um, Sting mm-hmm. Flair, I think. Yeah, Flair. yeah I think it was all... They were, they were all offered, you can either sign totally new WWF contracts um, and continue to work. I think it was the already... Um, or you can live out the rest of your WCW contract 
um, which was going to be a lot more money. And so a lot of people, and I'm not faulting them, Sting and, and Hogan and, and Nash and all of them, you know, just looking at dollar signs said, hey, it's going to make me more money and it's going to be easier on my body to just sit at home and collect this paycheck, right? Um, so yeah, they, they sold it for less money. They still had to pay these people. Uh, that if they would have sell, sold it to Bischoff, those would have both gone, they would have made more money and they wouldn't have had to have continued paying those people. Um, but well, and so, I, I, I would contest that there were some of those that, that Vince should have picked up long before he did. Well, I think it was just dollar signs. Vince wanted to pick them up, but wasn't going to pay them the dollar signs that they uh, had on their contract and they weren't going to give up money, right? I mean, we can say whatever we want to about uh, Hulk Hogan, but Hulk Hogan got to where he was by being a very shrewd businessman, right? Mm. By, oh, yeah. by, by thinking about the dollar bills above almost everything else. So you go to Hulk Hogan and you say, you can make a million dollars a year uh, to sit at home on your couch, or you can make $500,000 to, to come wrestle for me. Um, or seven hundred and fifty thousand, or or nine hundred thousand dollars. You know, Hulk Hogan. Or the same million. Or the same million. It's still sit at home, or yeah, you know. So so I mean, I don't blame any of them for taking that. I, you know, Vince really should have opened up the pocketbooks and brought some of those people in. But in the end, he didn't have competition anymore. So why should I do mm -hmm. that? You know? Exactly. Um, because then we wouldn't have gotten the bad era of TNA. The really yeah. bad era of TNA. The era That was after, though. That's... You're talking about when Hogan went to TNA? Yeah. That yeah. was when Hogan was already in WWE for a hot minute, though. That was after that. Before the WWE... After the WWE... I, just, I don't... I don't think we would have gotten that era. But maybe we would have. I, 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 I don't know. I, in, in that era of TNA, we did have the main event mafia, which I actually really, really enjoyed. Um, I, it's the post main event mafia breakdown that I didn't enjoy in TNA. The immortal, the Jeff Hardy, Hulk Hogan combination. I, yeah. TNA had Not some me. really good times, and then they had some crappy times. I, I, I even I remember I posted on Facebook because I was out. I wasn't watching wrestling. You know, this was during my hiatus. I stopped watching, and I saw an advertisement come on for TNA's uh, wrestling. It's going to change the industry tonight. We're going to usher in a new era in professional wrestling and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll look. I'll I'll watch it. And their new era was Eric Bischoff, Hulk Hogan. Um, and, and I was like, wait, no, this isn't a new era. This isn't an old era. In fact, it's By an the even way, older We're going to get rid of uh, Six Sided Ring. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand why they did that. Well, I think Eric Bischoff even talked Hogan about Hogan didn't it. like it, brother. Well, I think Bischoff talked about it a bit. There's a few things that played into it. Um, number one, the six-sided ring was more expensive, and so a cost-cutting measure. It was also harder to transport. Um, it was harder on the wrestlers. Like, it was legitimately a harder ring because to make it that big, they had to put more supports underneath it so it didn't have the spring. Um, and his argument was, and, and this is one I can disagree on, his argument was that it didn't, it just looked goofy. And when people are flipping around, they're not going to see a six-sided ring and be like, oh, I, I should watch that, you know. Um, yeah, but, that's why I watched it initially. 
but that's exactly what got me to stop and and watch TNA at one point is I saw the yeah. six-sided ring and I'm like what's up with this that could be cool um so but one way or another you know uh impact wrestling uh, tna had some ups and some downs and some ups and some downs i think it's in the middle of an up right now i think it is uh legitimately one of the better wrestling products on air i think i talked about it last week if you get a chance to watch any of the last two weeks their rebellion quote pay-per-view two-week event there were some really phenomenal uh matches at that and some some really cool moments um including uh michael elgin coming out and saying that since tessa blanchard and uh um i think it was eddie edwards was supposed to be there uh but they weren't able to to make it for the triple threat match for the impact world uh championship that he wanted the referee to uh disqualify them both uh as no shows and award him the belt and uh the referee started to count to 10 for the the disqualification and moose's music hit and moose came out and opened up his robe and he was wearing the tna world heavyweight championship belt uh which was of course retired when they rebranded to impact wrestling a few years ago right and so he's wearing this TNA belt that he somehow or another got his hands on, and he now claims to be the uh, the real world heavyweight champion. Uh, and they ended up having a triple threat match with him and um, Hernandez, who was also back one of the uh, founders of the original LAX. Uh, great little triple threat match uh, that you know they wouldn't have had normally. Uh, they're jumping through a bunch of hoops because of this uh, coronavirus. Um, but it ended up being a really fun event. And I think because it was an empty arena, they were able to watch AEW and WCW and see what both of those products were doing well. WWE. Yeah, WWE, excuse me. See, we spent so this, all this time talking WCW. It's just been on my mind. Uh, WWE and, and AEW. And see what those two promotions were doing good in these no crowd uh, events and what they were doing bad and tried to do as little of the bad and as much of the good as they could um, in, involving jaw jacking and, and smack talking of the wrestlers in the ring, the mic being, the mat being mic'd a little bit more, the ring being mic'd so you could hear the wrestlers talking a little bit more, um, things like that that AEW has been doing really, really well. Repositioning the hard cam so instead of facing empty seats it faces the stage for people coming in also uh, something that uh, uh wc wwe and aew started to do during this you know maybe wcw did it too during this i don't know yeah I, I don't I, know. wcw might be doing it somewhere they're doing it in my heart oh we're still talking about wrestling right yeah, wrestling in my heart. Just I mean, right. the doctor calls it another <laughs> rhythmia, but I call it wrestling in my heart. <laughs> uh, we'll be here all week, folks. <laughs> but I'm changed. Uh, but no, I, I think Impact Wrestling's doing really well. I think they're making a strong case to being a uh, solid number three option. Um, I'm sure they would prefer to be called the number two option. Uh, as much as I like them right now, I do not think necessarily they're 
they're to the level where they can knock AEW off the number two just yet. But just and, yeah. how much do you think they would need? So what percentage would you say TNA is towards AEW's level? Um, I would say if if we were to say if we were to put WWE at a 100, right? Because they're the number one, right? Um, I would say that AEW right now is at like a 75. Um, they're they're most of the way there, but they're they're missing second a little. Blood off. Yeah, a second and show. That, we'll and a stronger off. women's division. Stronger women's division. Maybe a few like big stars, and and that's a tough thing because uh, AEW has to walk this line where they don't want to just sign WWE castoffs, but at the same point, part of what put them where they are today was people tuning in because they're like, hey, that's Chris Jericho. I used to watch him on WWE, right? So I think they, they need a few of those big stars. Um, and Rusev! Rusev! Yeah, I think Rusev coming is a is a potentially big thing. Um, and, and let's be honest, he's probably really, really high on their list. In fact, I know he's really high on their list because Jim Ross said that he is a must-sign for her for AEW. Uh-huh. On his podcast? Yes. On uh, I think it was on his podcast, or maybe it was just an interview he was doing. But but he said that that's someone that that AEW really needs to try to sign. Um. But so if if WWE is a 100 and AEW is a 75, I would really put Impact Wrestling maybe at a 60, 55 oh. to 60. Wait, you would put it that close to AEW? I, 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 in terms of their product, I would. Now, here's what holds them back. Uh, their TV deal is crap. Um, and it's and the thing is, it's better than it was a year ago. But Who it's do they still, have? Who they have a TV deal with? Uh, Fight Network? With, uh, no. Uh, well, you can get it on, I think, Fight Network um, outside of the United States. Uh, in the United States, it's on a channel called Anthem, which is... Oh, right. Uh, Yo, USA is a Toronto-based company, by the way. <laughs> well, and and that's that's one of the things. It's Anthem, um, the the company that owns Impact Wrestling, and I'm totally blanking on uh, the name of the company right now. Anyways, uh, bought a share in Anthem, bought like part ownership of Anthem to get themselves on Anthem team. Um, but but the problem is like when you talk about American market share. Uh, Fox is in like 98% of homes out there because it's a broadcast channel. People can get it with an antenna, you know, digital antenna. USA Network is in like 75% of the homes out there because it's available on usually most basic cable package, right? So even if you pay the minimum amount for cable, you probably get USA Network. Um, Damn. uh, TNT and TBS are usually in that same tier as well, right? Anthem is probably available in maybe only about 40% of uh, the market in America, which means there's large swaths of America that can't see Impact Wrestling, even if they wanted to, except to tune into their Twitch channel, right? Which they're they're doing a lot of work to try to to say, hey, if you can't if you don't get Anthem, watch us on Twitter. Oh. Which is genius, by the way. Like I'm surprised they didn't. But Twitch is more game stuff. But still, like the fact that you could put wrestling on there, 
Yeah. Pretty dope. I think I think what would be absolutely brilliant of them is if they instead went to uh, YouTube and and yeah, arranged. YouTube doesn't pay, YouTube doesn't pay uh, for wrestling. They don't. They won't. It won't be monetized. And and the thing is, I think I think the benefits of getting it in front of more eyes outweighs the the downside of not being monetized. Yeah, I think I think YouTube's YouTube would be a big plus because they could monetize it themselves with that. Yeah, I mean, here's the deal: is is what you get it in front of more people's eyes, more people buy merch, so that earns you money, right? You can still put your own advertisements in it on you, so you can monetize it yourself, sponsor it here, all of that stuff. But it gets in front of more people because, yeah, you know, I could go sign up for Twitch account and and watch it um, on Twitch, mm. but. But that's going a lot out of my road. Since I don't already watch things on Twitch, it really takes me out of my road. But I watch a lot of things on YouTube. I watch AW Dark on YouTube. Uh, right. AW apparently is not worried about monetization for AW Dark because they know that putting this show on YouTube gets more eyes on their product. They sell more merchandise. They sell more tickets to their shows. It's a win-win. They sell more pay-per-views. So I think if Impact was smart, NWA Power puts their show out on YouTube. I think if AEW was if Impact Wrestling was smart, they'd work out a deal to to stream it on YouTube live every week. Um, or or if they didn't, Facebook Watch because 90% of Americans have Facebook. Um, and and WWE's tried that and apparently abandoned it because they're idiots. Um, I think that would be a good. But that's that's you know. So I put Impact up there, but there's some caveats to it because even though I say they're 55 to 60, you know, they're within striking distance in terms of match quality and storyline quality of AEW. They don't have the market penetration that AEW has, which is always going to hold them back, no matter how good their match quality is. Because you could argue that Ring of Honor's match quality is up there with AEW, right? Um, you could argue uh, New Japan's match quality is way above AEW. But in terms of American market share, in terms of American knowledge, New Japan will always be a niche market for the hardcore wrestling fans who are willing to go out of their way to watch wrestling. Whereas AEW has the chance of being that show that someone stumbles across on a Wednesday night because their baseball game got postponed because of weather. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I'll watch this wrestling. Oh, look, it's that Jericho guy. I used to watch him back in the 90s. <laughs> Sorry. So... <laughs> so so I think that's the thing that but I'm I'm 100% serious Impact Wrestling is in terms of a product up there um Don Callis on commentary is phenomenal he's really good um you know uh they Is Tanay still there no Is who Tanay um he's still I think involved but he's not on commentary on the regular they had David Penzer as the ring announcer uh, during Rebellion, going back to the WCW days. Uh, so, um, so I, I I'm 100% serious when I say, in terms of a product, I highly recommend everyone gives Impact Wrestling a shot, watches it, especially when they get back to doing live shows uh, again. 
because aside from this rebellion pay-per-view that they did their shows uh going up to it were pre-taped shows when they get back to doing live shows uh impact wrestling has the chance to be something worth watching on a regular basis um i've really been debating i we've got our plates really really full with the reviews that we are already doing but i've been seriously but seriously seriously debating adding uh impact wrestling review onto it if only for the five fans out there who would also listen yeah and when you debate you're really good at it i i am a master you're almost a master i am 100 percent a master i would just do it though to be honest with you <laughs> it's a lot of work though um uh i would just do it though because honestly at that route too because at the same time you're pushing for TNA to get more exposure, more exposure, more exposure if we can also uh, we would have to talk to whoever can be in charge, if we can also maybe put you know that match you're talking about so that the fans can actually see the wrestling there and so on and so forth like oh shit that was cool i really want to go watch it now you know what i mean we put the links for the twitch account uh, where they have the shows and so on and so forth will be like our own little promoting for tna kind of style but it's also a lot of work so i don't know well that, that's <laughs> why i'd say so much of it my debate is just based on how much more work it is and and do we have time for because once again impact wrestling right now airs on tuesday nights uh what do we already record on tuesday nights yeah yeah so we've already got something recording on Tuesday. he's not familiar with that show he doesn't show up for it yeah Uh, he's always too tired i'm so tired or or i'm so lazy i'm not gonna show up this week that's the show we do on tuesday nights here justin (laughs) ah okay it's totally blanking out there <laughs> so I'll be, I'll be there this Tuesday for sure. For sure. Yeah, unless you get too lazy. We'll, we'll see. Yep, we'll that, that, that's always a uh, <laughs> <laughs> But but so so that's the deal is you know, if if I add in uh, impact wrestling, that means Sunday nights we're recording this show. Monday nights we're recording Raw Room. Tuesday night we're recording uh, FBI and an impact room. Wednesday night we're recording uh, AEW. NXT Thursday night is the only night that we've got kind of a break because then Friday night we've got SmackDown. So, uh, but at the same time, keep in mind, right? Like for Monday, it's you know generally I'm doing it, so you wouldn't necessarily have to uh, worry about because you let's TNA would be all you because you're obviously no, the one yeah, that it would be 100% me. I know that. <laughs> So he's like, I wouldn't uh, let it be somebody else. What are you talking about? Well, I would love for one of you to join me for it, but I just know that you two suckers are gonna be. Oh, there's stuff to do. You on some network. I don't know if I can watch. Yeah, I can almost guarantee in my podunk little Nebraska town, we probably don't have it even on even on. Yeah, what Twitch, is it? Right? What? It's all on Twitch, though, no? Yeah, you could do it on Twitch, uh, but... Like, yeah. you're still there, yeah. or there when it's live? Joe's conservative here, bud. Sorry. I don't know what this Twitch is thing, but is, is that... It's like, Think of it as YouTube, but it's called Twitch. Methamphetamines? Twitch? <laughs> I mean, if you take enough amphetamines, you can Twitch. <laughs> no, no, no. 
just i mean at the end of the day just think of it as youtube and it's called twitch and i imagine they have all the episodes there anyways right like they'll have rebellion on twitch they'll have a bunch of things on twitch like they just yeah. have everything you know? yeah i'm sure i'm sure have... it's all i'm sure it's all up there um i fortunately on my sling tv get anthem so i can record it and and watch it there but um this makes me wonder if i get it on youtube tv i bet i don't well that's what i'm actually googling it as we speak to try to uh figure it out i'm actually checking their twitch um either way yeah it's not live so we don't have to worry this can be cut just so you know oh i don't see the time i was going to tell you the time so that you know when to edit it out but of course it's not showing that happened on tuesday as well when we were recording because i hit the record button so um it messed things up yeah it messed things up no don't worry but you didn't know that because you weren't here on tuesday uh, two hours and well, five minutes roughly to where we're at that you're editing this just so you know yeah. so anyway back to the podcast we're we ready to wrap this up because if we're at two hours and five minutes we really do need to wrap up yeah anyways um so so yeah watch tna that's all that i have watch impact wrestling because and, you and, might see the missed opportunity that vince said no to exactly Mm-hmm. And that, and that's, that's the, and, and don't get me wrong, it, you know, to tie into this, uh, AEW might be missing some opportunity, um, or they might not be. This might all be fake news. Um, in fact, it probably is, to be perfect. List. But in an interview to uh, tie into this, in an interview recently, uh, Cody Rhodes was asked about uh, the people recently released from WWE and if, if AEW was thinking about signing them. Uh, and they asked specifically about Heath Miller, Heath Slater. And uh, Cody answered, Heath Miller, nah, not interested. Um, now the interview was on text, right? So it wasn't, it wasn't a, a, as far as I've been able to find, it wasn't like a live broadcast audio version of the interview. It's just, you know, here's the text, here's the whatever. And I am pretty sure uh, that he was, in fact, I think he's implied later that he was being very sarcastic about it. That he was saying, uh, you know, I'm not, no, I'm not interested in Miller or whatever. Um, But the internet went uh, just absolutely crazy with uh, Heath Miller thinks, or uh, Cody thinks Heath Slater isn't worth it, right? Uh, And... And so that's where the storyline is that AEW is gonna miss out on Heath Slater uh, because they don't see the potential in him. Uh, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that in reality, it's uh, that he was being sarcastic and saying, no, I don't see it. He did a similar thing when mentioning uh, Matt Cardova. Uh, Matt Cardona, excuse me, um, or as we would call him, Zack Ryder. And uh, we know for a fact that Zack Ryder and Cody are very close friends in real life. So for for him to pretend like he's not interested in Zack Ryder um, says a whole lot about, uh, I think, that he's just giving us the runaround because he doesn't want to specifically say yes or no on any of them, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, <laughs> like you said, we've seen Cody do this numerous times before, so 
And I mean, look, keep in mind too, we've seen Cody do this. We've also seen the Young Bucks do this as well with FTR. I was fully expecting an FTR, uh, them to come, the Revival or the Revolt, whatever have you, to come on um, AE dubs on Wednesday, but clearly that didn't happen. But they got me also to, I was going to tune in anyways, but they also got me interested enough to also want to maybe tune in and see that. I was even telling my friends, oh, you're going to see the revival on thing. And then I look like an idiot, but they know how to get the fans excited. You know what I mean? And interested to actually watch for the show. Well, and, and I am also still 100% sure that the revolt revival, whatever you want to call them, that they're coming to AEW. I gotta be honest. I'm, I'm pretty certain that um, they're waiting for live crowds that they don't want to debut them in front of an empty arena if they have the now if it makes it all the way to double or nothing and they're still not allowed to have crowds uh then i can see them saying fine we'll go ahead and debut them at double or nothing but i think they they would much rather debut them in front of a crowd and that's why they haven't made an official announcement one way or another and the same sort of thing with uh with matt cardona and uh rockstar spud and e3 and heath miller Heath Slater. you know i think the a lot of those people are well first of all they've got their 90 day no competes um uh they're in the middle of all this stuff they don't want to make an announcement one way or another on any of them right now because uh, they can't use them right now. And why blow that pop? You know what I mean? Because whether you liked Zack Ryder or not, whether you're an EC3 fan or not, their debuts on whatever place they go to are going to be bigger if it's sort of a surprise. You know what I mean? Uh, to, to use a perfect example... Um, when the Hardys returned to WWE at WrestleMania as a surprise, the crowd went absolutely nuts, right? Um, and that's because... Yeah, but we kind of knew it, right? We but did. it was still very shocking. But it wasn't official. They didn't make any announcement, all of this stuff. In fact, the Hardys wrestled the night before for uh, an independent thing, right? I thought they wrestled on Impact the night before. They wrestled on Impact. Uh, was it the night before an Impact? They wrestled on Impact the week before, but I think it was the night before they wrestled on some... Yeah, it was some indie show. Indie show. But that's the deal. Is it was just this, like, yeah, there was rumors and all of this stuff, but nothing official. No, and, you know, And then all of a sudden they show up and crowd goes nuts, right? I don't think EC3 showing up in, in AEW is going to be that same level, but it will definitely be bigger if we don't really know it's coming, you know? Um, and so the longer they can kind of hide it and, and uh, you know, disguise it for all of these people that are probably going to be coming or maybe coming, like, uh, like you say, EC3, I think it's likely he goes to Impact. Uh, not Impact, into AEW. Uh, Spud... I wouldn't be surprised wherever he's right when he when he goes someplace because I could see Impact using him very well if they allow him to be the Rockstar Spud character uh, that he was before he turned into the bow tie wearing Rockstar Spud. Um, I think I think it could be phenomenal. I think uh, Spud could do phenomenal in Ring of Honor. Mm. Um, he was uh, in Ring of Honor though, no? At one point. Uh, I don't think he ever had a run in Ring of Honor. 
Um, oh. he, he was on the British Indies. He won uh, TNA's uh, British Boot Camp, uh, which got him a contract with uh, Impact. And I think he went straight from Impact to, to uh, WWE. WWE. Um, so I don't think he ever was in Ring of Honor. Uh, fun fact, you know who he beat in the British Boot Camp to win his spot on uh, Impact Wrestling or TNA's roster? Cesaro? Nope, he beat a, at the time, relatively unknown British wrestler by the name of Marty Skrull. Um, oh! But at the time, Marty Skrull's gimmick was Party Marty Skrull. Uh, he was a party boy who just loved to have fun. And if you ever, if you're uh, familiar with Marty Skrull's current work, you ever want to have a laugh, look up Party Marty Skrull and, and see his old gimmick where he's a he's a fun party boy, a college party boy. Um, but for for Spud to have beaten him and uh, uh, Marty Skrull now being legitimately one of the biggest stars in Ring of Honor, um, it's kind of a big thing. We were get, we're gonna go ahead and move on because, like DFA said, we've we've uh, extended this a little bit longer than we normally do. Um, I'm actually, uh, I don't have any misdemeanors this week, really. Um, and do either of you have misdemeanors? Um, well, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily a misdemeanor. I, it's just, I just want to, it's more of an accommodation rather than a misdemeanor. But it's more just kudos to Jericho. Um, during the quarantine time, this guy's doing so much. He not only does he have the bubbly bunch on AEW, which he's phenomenal. Not only is his commentary work on AEW just amazing. Wow. Um, I just oh he he does so well with um, with Tony Schiavone. Like they have such great chemistry together. It's just amazing. I, said I want it in my review. Yeah, just put it in my veins. That's what you mm. do. Uh, that is such good stuff. That is good really, S-word. Good S-word. <laughs> and, you know, even to his Facebook Live stuff, this guy goes on Facebook Live every Saturday, um, and it's just entertaining. He had the Fozzie. He had uh, he did a whole thing with his Fozzie group this Saturday, so they were all on, fa- on whatever, FaceTime or whatever, Zoom all together, and it was on Facebook Live. Uh, man, the guy's just freaking entertaining all throughout. That bubbly bunch with the punch challenge there and him having a whole bunch of Luferigno and whoever else. Manitoba Melee. I don't know. DFA, have you seen the Manitoba Melee yet? No. You really, if you just take the time, I know you need to watch all of uh, AEW Dynamite, uh, but it, take the time. It's it's well worth it. It's like two minutes. Uh, the Bubbly Bunch Manitoba Melee. It is it is a fight over FaceTime. Yeah. Um, so, cool. so it starts off with uh, I think it's Ortiz starts it off. Tell you what, I'll watch it because again, gotta wrap this con- yeah. this show up. But anyways, it starts off with Ortiz giving a headbutt to the camera, and then it switches to Sammy Guevara taking the headbutt as a, as a bump, and then uh, coming back and hitting the camera, and it goes through. But it features guest stars like Lou Ferrigno, Jay, and Silent Bob. Uh, uh, Corey Vicky Taylor Guerrero. from Slipknot. Vicky Guerrero ends it up. Um, I, I could go on and on about all of the people that appear in it. A bunch of wrestlers and then a bunch of non-wrestlers appear in it. Duff McKeegan uh, from Guns N' Roses appears in it. It's wow. it's absolutely phenomenal. It's so much fun. And so, Hornswoggle there? 
No, right. it's a, it, it, it's a, no. a it's another uh, uh, little person. Um, uh, I, what's Wee Man's real name? Because I, I don't know. Oh, it's Wee Man. It was Wee Man. Well, I'm trying to remember because I I it's another one of those I had to look up. Uh, who all or was, was it? Brad? It. Was it Brad? Uh, Brad Carpenter? I think, Brad. Uh, I, uh, I think that I think that's who it was. There's Brad. a comedian named Brad. Yeah. Um, Hilarious guy, by the way. Hilarious. Yeah. Well, that's well I feel bad for calling him Hornswoggle. Then I'm sorry. It just he kind of looked like Hornswoggle, though. Just the actual face. Yeah, they're midgets. Um, they all look like or oh, midgets, whatever. Jesus. <laughs> that was that was surely to sound as terrible as it did. Just so everybody knows, I don't actually feel that way. That was intended to sound that bad. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, it, it, I, I I can't remember his last name, but I'm I'm sure you're you're thinking about the right guy, Brad. The yeah. problem is every time I th- hear you say Brad, my brain wants to say that hack Brad Shepherd. Uh, but it's not Brad Shepard. No, no. Um, is a is a boring, wrong guy. And yeah, that's my go-to for uh, that. Jericho, honestly, during the quarantine times, he's certainly made it entertaining for everybody. Uh, from his commentating, from his bubbly bunch, uh, from his Facebook lives, the guy is just keeping busy and entertaining. And kudos to Jericho, because uh, what a what a what a what a superstar! He Brad Williams, that's it. Brad Williams, yep. Yeah, no, I'm I'm 100% down uh, with giving uh, Chris Jericho uh, a misdemeanor or even a commendation on it. Cause he's, you know, I, and it's been a long time he's been doing this, not just during during the quarantine and all that stuff, but um, uh, Talk is Jericho is bar none one of the best podcasts if you're a wrestling fan or a rock fan, yeah. uh, because he doesn't stick to just wrestling on that. He he got, covers all sorts of stuff um, on that. So, um, uh, but like I say, I don't have any misdemeanors. I do have one commendation I want to talk about, and uh, that is a commendation for the uh, Twitter user at Rick Rude Cells. Um, if you are not following at Rick Rude Cells on Twitter, uh, you are missing out on the absolute best uh, compilation of Rick Rude selling atomic drops uh, that you'll ever see. They are awesome. Um, and if you're young enough to not really have ever seen Rick Rude, um, you need to watch and his his cells are so over the top they're amazing um but he this rick rude cells it's just it's literally he calls is rick rude getting atomic drops and uh he's been posting basically non-stop today of just different videos of rick rude getting hit by either regular atomic drops or inverted atomic drops and then selling them uh, and it it is phenomenal. I think and like, he was naturally bony, so that's why he did those so well. Or knock kneed. I think he, I think he was naturally knock kneed. Uh, possibly, but I because he. So you're right. He he sold them like um, oh, remember the Mike Tyson the the punch out? Yeah. The, when somebody got punched in the gut and they did the. Mm-hmm. Rip, 
Rick Rude totally sold it like that. Mm-hmm. It was, you're right. You, I didn't. I've never even thought of it, but yes, that's that's legit. When he did it back in the day, that's it, it was like he got punched in the junk and just straight out of straight out of punch out. It was fantastic. <laughs> and and I mean, you can. He hasn't been doing it for too long. He's only got like 50 tweets up um, as of this recording. But I I don't care who's 50 doing more it. More than kayfabe. <laughs> No, uh, that's legit. I, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> no, no, it's forty-nine more than uh, DA Fair. Babe because he did do a tweet the other day about our content. So oh, yeah, there we go. The yeah, but yeah. Uh, Rick Rude getting atomic drops at Rick Rude sells. You are my commendation. Uh, oh, you made me smile for literally hours today watching him. Uh, and there's one that it's uh, Surfer Sting, uh, who does both a uh, regular atomic drop and then a inverted, oh no, an inverted and then a regular atomic drop. And so first the inverted one, he's walking around with his butt sticking out because he hurt, and then he gets gets hit in the groin, and it it's pure gold. It is 100 percent gold. It so. is. I I would agree with those. I I haven't been to the page, but I I would agree. McRude does great work on those. Yeah. Did did does, does always will do. Yeah. Uh, he's up in heaven, uh, I guess. Uh, doing <laughs> doing guess. atomic drop cells. Well, it all depends on what uh, particular religion you follow now, don't it? He's passed on, guys. He's passed on. Just leave it like that. No religion involved. Hot diggity damn. But uh, so now we will talk really quickly again about the contest. We announced it last week. Um, This is your uh, sort of final call. You'll get one more call uh, at our at our night uh, Monday night raw review. Uh, but it'll be a very short amount of time after that. So this is really kind of your last yeah. call. Uh, if if you uh, haven't entered the contest or even have entered the contest and want to enter again to to uh, uh, get more chances to win, this is your time. Tweet out a two link. T-shirts. Two t-shirts. Tweet out a link to this episode or any one of our episodes uh, and use the hashtag Hashtag raw and order WBU and you are entered to win and you will win not just uh, one of our t-shirts, one of our lovely t-shirts that you have the choice of choosing the not a cop t-shirt or uh, the uh, police academy t-shirt or, you know, if I wrestling cop t-shirt. Yeah. Wrestling cop t-shirt. Or the uh, if if I get the the belt T-shirt up in time, you can choose that one as well. Potentially, um, apparently, you're making a new one. Yeah, or or showman shake. We'll <laughs> see if I can find a good way to make that one. Um, but you'll get to choose one of those, and you'll get to choose your choice of T-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com. Right now, we've said before we would love for you to pick. Uh, someone who's currently out of work, whether it's one of the recently released WWE people like Spud or EC3 or uh, the Good Brothers or or any of those, 
um, or one of the uh, independent wrestlers, the hundred of independent wrestlers that are on there that can't work right now. Um, but if you want to get your Cody t-shirt or your t-shirt for uh, Broken Matt Hardy or something like that, uh, they are up on Pro Wrestling Tees as well, and we can't stop you from choosing them. So, but like I say, to win this, you have to enter it. And it's simple, and it costs you nothing. Uh, you don't even technically have to follow any of us on Twitter. You just have to use that hashtag, at Raw and Order WBU. But we would love for you to follow us on Twitter. Uh, the contest will end this Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Time. That gives us enough time to collate all the entries and pick a winner and announce it uh, during our FBI recording Tuesday night. So you must get entered by then. Don't wait. Use the hashtag. Enter as often as you want. If you're going to spend Monday binge listening to, to our episodes, because uh, I know some of you out there do that, you uh, save up all your episodes from the previous week and just listen to them all on Monday. Take some time when you're listening and tweet out hashtag raw and order WBU for each one of those episodes. Get yourself multiple entries. Get yourself a ton of chances to win. So um, we'd love to for this to be so successful that we can't help but repeat it in the future. So make it big. Uh, but what do you got to lose? You send out a tweet and you don't win. It costs you nothing. You send out a tweet and you do win. That's two free t-shirts. I'd send out a tweet for Toots Chance, you know? And as the resident attorney here, I do have to say, no purchase necessary to win. Please listen to the podcast for details. Yes. Um, on that note, like I say, like this podcast, share it on social media, use the hashtag to be entered to win, uh, subscribe to it on whatever podcast platform you choose. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Raw and Order WBU. You can follow DA Fabe at DA Vincent K Fabe. And then our Royal Canadian Mounted Policeman, JLB at at JLB420 and whoops, at JLB420 and Real Talk Radio is the brand. You can also follow that at Real Talk Radio 8. Awesome, awesome, awesome. But on that note, uh, we will um, probably close the books on this week's episode. Um, make sure to check out our Wix site. The link will be in the doobly-doos below, as well as on the pinned tweet on my Facebook page. We will see you soon with our raw review and then the visit from the FBI. Thanks for listening. Night-night.